0: This is the Daily Tech News for Friday, January 3rd, 2014. I'm Tom Merritt. Again, welcome to my laboratory for a Daily Tech News show. You might have noticed the numbering, uh, 2141. You're like, how can you be 2141? It's actually a number based on the number of total uh, Daily Tech News type shows that I've done in my career, roughly speaking. That was an idea I got from my guest today, Darren Kitchen. Thanks for joining me, Darren.
1: Tom, it's so good to be here. You You look great since last
0: year. Thanks. Yes, I know. It's been since last year that we saw each other. HAK5.org if you want to find Darren. And Len Peralta is going to illustrate the episode today, which I know for the audio listeners you may think, well, that's worthless, but it's not. Because you know what Len does? Len puts the stuff up for you on the Internet afterward, right, Len?
2: I do. It's going to be over at LenPeraltaStore.com, and I'm excited about uh, being a part of this new show and uh, starting off the new year in a good way. Hey, thanks, man. Let's start off by looking at the headlines.
0: GigaOM reports BlackBerry wants Seacrest out of the physical keyboard business. BlackBerry filed a lawsuit against Typo. That's a keyboard startup backed by Ryan Seacrest. Typo makes an iPhone case with a physical keyboard that BlackBerry thinks is a, quote, blatant infringement. CES is coming and a quick search on Google News for the terms CES expect reveal 13,000 results that indicate wearables, 4K video and tablets will be the big trends there saved you a plane ticket and some foot pain. Uh, Even Intel CEO Brian Kurzanich is getting in on the act saying that wearables will, according to what he told Recode, uh, what you will see at CES is that we are actually going to bring some very innovative wearables to the show. There you go. Recode also reports T-Mobile CEO John Laguerre is not... Bothered by AT&T's latest promotion, AT&T announced early Friday a limited-time offer giving T-Mobile customers $450 in credit to switch to AT&T. Laguerre told Recode the offer was a desperate move, in his words. Expect T-Mobile to announce new plan options at CES, likely some kind of family plan. The next Web reports Acer has previewed what they'll be showing off at CES first. Two Android Jelly Bean tablets. The Iconia A1830 is a 7.9 inch tablet for $199 in Canada, $180 in the U.S. The Iconia B1720 is a 7 incher for $130 in both countries. Acer also announced an Android 4.2 all-in-one desktop with a 27 inch 2560 by 1440 display, an NVIDIA Tegra quad-core, and 16 gigabytes of storage inside, all for $1,099. The next web also passing along the Twitter launched Vine for the web, starting now at vine.co. Don't let it autocomplete to vine.com. Not that that's a bad site, but it's not the same one. The new site lets you browse your feed, view videos in full screen, comment, like, and share videos. However, you cannot record new videos from the web version of Vine. USA Today reports Snapchat will update its app so you can opt out of the Find Friends feature. Not apt, but app, but yes, opt. You're going to get to opt out of that Find French feature That find, or Find French. That's the feature that makes your phone number available in a database so others can easily find you. It's also the database that was partly replicated due to a weakness in the Snapchat API. Uh, finally, the Washington Post reports the NSA is building a, quote, cryptologically useful quantum computer according to documents leaked by Edward Snowden. The $79.7 million research program is named Penetrating Hard Targets, their name. Quantum computers have been demonstrated by labs in the EU and Switzerland and by a company called D-Wave. Quantum computers are actually slower than classic computers at most tasks, but can perform certain functions, like factoring prime numbers, important for encryption, more efficiently than classic computers. And now a few bits of news from you. Flying Spatula pointed us to an Engadget article about Fox continuing the tradition of streaming the U.S. Super Bowl football game for free online. Fox will also stream its playoff coverage, but that will only be available to certain cable subscribers. You've got to kind of pay for that. CBS, the network that streamed the Super Bowl for free last year, will be streaming all of its playoff coverage online for free sky Jedi submitted a link to EDX now EDX is one of these massively open online course or MOOC providers uh, and they are offering Harvard's introduction to computer science course which you can take online absolutely free no prerequisites you'll cover all kinds of programming concepts and the languages covered include C PHP JavaScript plus SQL CSS and HTML and finally SP actual- Sheridan what's that Darren I was just
1: going to say, let's not forget, they actually have a course for quantum mechanics and quantum computation. Dude, the, oh,
0: so yeah. You can build your own quantum computer, just like your own personal NSA. And SP Sheridan submitted a GigaOM article about YouTube, not only showing off 4K streaming SP Sheridan, Sheridan submitted S. a article about, about YouTube, but doing it with their, their own royalty free VP9 codec. What are you doing to me, Darren? I'm sorry. You fed me back. I fed you back. Let's try it again. S.P. Sheridan submitted a GigaOM article about YouTube not only showing off 4K streaming at CES, but doing it with their own royalty-free VP9 codec. Google's been trying to push the codec since it acquired it back in the VP8 days. This time, they have 19 hardware partners on board to help the push, including big companies like Sony, Intel, Samsung, Broadcom, and Marvell, among others.
1: All right. They've been at that for a while
0: yeah they, they've been really they've called it Webm on the audio side, VP8, VP9 on the video side. I think it's what this hangout is probably encoded in. I'm almost certain it is. It
1: finally is, I believe, VP8, but uh, what's what's exciting is that all of this technology, while it will you know harbor the way for like 4K content on YouTube, potentially, um, it also means that less buffering for the current stuff if you've got the hardware to decode it. yeah, which is always good.
0: Well, let's, uh, let's dig into a little bit more about this NSA encryption story. I'm going to tell you a little bit about quantum computing, and then Darren's going to tell you a little bit about the impact of this. Uh, RSA that's one of the standard encryptions, when it's not being weakened uh, either intentionally or accidentally by a $10 million contract, uh, (laughs) is as strong as the product of two prime numbers. That's how you get it. You multiply two prime numbers and then it's hard to, to derive it without knowing what both prime numbers are. It's kind of an underpinning of how encryption works. Quantum computers can factor in something called polynomial time using Shor's algorithm. And In fact, in 2012, researchers in the uh, journal Nature Photonics, factored an n equals 21 number, that's 7 bits, just, you can count them on two hands, 7 bits, uh, with, with a quantum computer using polynomial time. Now, what you have in quantum computers is called a qubit. In, in regular com- computers, you have a bit. It's either a 1 or a 0. In quantum computers, you have a qubit. It's in superposition, and that means it holds more than one bit of information. This is why it's good at factoring. Two qubits can hold four bits of information. And you say, well, how does that happen? Classically, your first bit is zero, your second bit is one, that's all you get. You got two bits, but with quantum computing, your first bit is in superposition, so it's zero and one, And your second bit is also in superposition, 0 and 1. So you've got 4 bits. And every qubit you add gives you exponentially more bits. So you can very quickly handle large amounts of information, say, like a 10, 24-bit factor. But when you measure that qubit, it collapses out of that superposition. So you can't find out the result until the very end. It's best to measure only very specific outcomes of a calculation, like say factoring. Uh, By the end of September the NSA expects to be able to have some building blocks which it described in these leaked documents as dynamical decoupling and complete quantum control on two semiconductor qubits. So that gives you a a sense of how far along they are. Two semiconductor qubits that's probably about 4 bits. They have a ways to go before they get to 1024-bit encryption. In fact, everybody does. Researchers from Switzerland, Japan, Germany, France, and the US, Microsoft actually, and NTT in Japan, and the Netherlands, all got together and published a paper February 18th, 2010, factoring a 768-bit, 232-digit number. Uh, That took 10 to the 20th operation Or 2,000 years worth of a single 2.2 gigahertz AMD Opteron processor. They used hundreds of machines so it still took them about two and a half years to factor this. That gives you a sense of how practical this kind of thing is. Now given all of that but given the fact that the NSA is after it and once they're after it it means they might be able to get there. Darren how much do we have to worry about this?
1: yeah well that you hit the nail on the head when you said practical I mean there are already attacks for you know current public key encryption systems it's just that they are uh, like you said impractical I mean this uh, the system that in 20 that t- took two and a half years to do with all of those Optron systems that's you know not really feasible now it's not feasible now which is why the NSA does what they do which is to capture the data today that they can crack tomorrow maybe they put it at a storage facility in Utah I'm not sure I'm just saying yeah, yeah. Uh, well, at a certain like point that, right? in time at yeah, and this is going to happen. Um there there's really not much you can do to stop this whether it's the NSA working on it or independent researchers or whomever. Uh you're going we're going to see a quantum computer and it is going to change everything. Not just in the fact that it completely breaks all forms of uh public encryption systems that we use today, everything from SSL to PGP, but um that it will usher forward like a whole new way of thinking about computers, um, and even bring um, faster and more secure encryption systems. So just as it breaks encryption systems, it will actually lend better encryption systems. Because one of the coolest things about quantum mechanics is this concept of uh, quantum key distribution. It, it states that in order to uh, in order to transmit these these qubits between you know these two parties. So you and I get the same secret key, so we can you know communicate privately. Maybe we're we're sharing a one-time pad or something like that. Um, if it is observed, it will be changed. And so if it, it's if we share keys and somebody eavesdrops on those keys, then we can tell that uh, somebody eavesdropped on them. They're not going to match, and we just do it again until finally we get a. Uh, a key between the two of us that hasn't been changed that is identical and, and then we have communicated securely so just by observing uh, you know they're, they're, it will change the the uh, I guess you could think of it like a packet and therefore you would know that it's been uh, monitored and that's well, really and that's cool. What I mean. They
0: say the NSA is actually using Faraday cages to do their experiments because of that very thing
1: Yeah th- this stuff is like the physics behind it is beyond me it is uh, you know really unstable uh, it's still like like I, I, I don't even know if I could kind of like put it as an analogy of where we are in quantum computing versus where in traditional computing I, I would put it before ENIAC even uh, there's there's actually some um, some systems up and running today there's one at the Los Alamos National Laboratory that has been going since 2011 um, and it's use it uses quantum computing in just one small bit to do the quantum key distribution and then it goes into more traditional computers. Um, it, it's really exciting because um, it will break everything and yet it will build so much more beautiful. So I guess the question is, you know, given that the, the practicality of our public key encryption systems today are sound, uh, in, there's one caveat and that is unless a practical attack is developed that in, in private, in secret, so if somebody comes up with an awesome way to factor numbers that nobody thought of before and then they keep it to themselves, like the NSA or, or you know, another nation state. So it is kind of a race between you know, our boys and their boys, whoever they may be, and uh, it's really exciting.
0: I wonder though how much time we really have before it becomes a risk. Uh, When you look at this and it takes two and a half years to do a 768-bit number, part of you goes, oh well, that's that's not practical at all. The other part though is, as we have seen in the past, technology evolves faster and faster sometimes. So 768-bits, not that far off if they make a few advancements in this and figure out how to do 1024, and then everybody's got to go to 2048. Well, it's not that big of a jump to 2048. But at the same time, nobody's been able to make that kind of fast product progress in quantum computing. D-Wave aside, D-Wave sells a quantum computer. NASA's even bought one. Google's bought one. But it really is, I understand it, and I don't fully understand it, it's a classical computer that uses some quantum computing elements in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean...
1: Ultimately, when it is perfected, and, and the difference between cracking a 768-bit key versus a 2048 or 4096 is going to be trivial. So, uh, you know, as, as right now we have like that exponential growth, where you know doubling your key space is going to you know, add you years potentially of how long it would take to break on current gen systems. Um, it's going to require a fundamental shift in the way that we. Uh, tackle security and it's actually really cool to, to think about how like you know one time pads uh, uh, will or will not be susceptible to that kind of stuff and you know we'll actually have to go back to um, to things with much more difficult uh, key distribution so I don't What's
0: know. faster than exponential growth? Because that's what we're going to mm. to fight a quantum computer Liquid Friday growth <laughs> Yes it's yes. faster than anything or at least it makes you feel like it is There you you go. When you're doing it right.
1: Yeah, you know what else is really exciting to think about is, you know, if we develop this first, um, how will this be regulated? Because is this one of those things where, you know, we'll say, oh, well, it's okay for the NSA to have it, but not for universities to have it? Or can it leave our borders? I mean, it wasn't up until 1997 that strong cryptography systems were considered munitions uh, by the International traffic and Arms Regulations. So, uh, it's going to. This is going to shake up a lot of things when it comes to practicality.
0: Yeah, it's strong encryption, right? And strong encryption has historically been heavily regulated. Maybe universities are allowed to use it in experimental settings. The fact that Google got a quantum D-Wave computer either says D-Wave isn't making anything worth worrying about, or uh, they're they're being a little permissive. I, I think it means that D-Wave is probably
1: o- not or Google worth just. Worrying about. Or Google has a lot of money just as, you know, the Department of Defense does. And so, you know, in fact, if we look back far enough, we'll, we have the Department of Defense to thank for the ARPANET or what we love today is the Internet. So, you know, this will happen. And if it happens to be our tax dollars for military purposes first, I don't know. Yeah. That might just be the case.
0: All right, real quickly, checking the calendar. Of course, CES beginning January 7th, and all the press stuff begins January 5th and 6th. Uh, But we had word today that the Wii Fit U, the Wii Fit for the Wii U, hits retail January 10th. And as Engadget points out, it still won't work unless you use it. Uh, But if you want one, it's coming up next week. Check out some of the messages we've been receiving. Got a lot of response to our discussion yesterday uh, about the NSA. Uh, Kenji sent a similar note to this one from Otto. Yesterday you read an email that implied that the average citizen might be safe from the NSA spying because any evidence gained illegally would be inadmissible in court. The problem is that one of the many leaks suggested that it's a regular practice of the NSA to share their information with law enforcement. But in order to prevent disclosing the NSA's involvement, they create a plausible legal paper trail to fit to first, thereby circumventing the protection your emailer was discussing. And he's got a link to this we'll put in the show notes uh, to a Reuters article. Apologies for no show notes yesterday. We're getting on that. We're going to have that today. And then Rich and Lovely Cleveland, love Rich and Lovely Cleveland, added that the key to the Fourth Amendment is its reasonable provision. This is a contextual term and allows for historical context to inform the court what is protected. While the Fourth Amendment may prohibit using information gathered in a court of law right now, specifically against U.S. citizens, this may not always be the case. It may come over time that routine massive data collection becomes permissible, going so far as to include anything with weak passwords or insecure crypto.
1: In, in fact, now that all of these, you know, with these revelations, now that we know these things are happening, it kind of changes what we uh, consider a public expectation of privacy. And so if you have a state where suddenly everybody goes, well, you know the NSA was reading your email, come on, you had to have known, then it may change what's permissible in court,
0: and that's totally, I could totally see a judge going, we all, we all know that we're being surveilled all the time. It's done by Google. It's done by Facebook. It's done by advertising agencies. There should be no expectation of privacy. And in fact, that's what one, we've had two rulings so far on the collection of metadata. One said that it was unconscionable, but the other said government has a right to do this. They've got a clear and present danger that they've got to attack, and, and people shouldn't have expectation of privacy in this case anyway. Something Absolutely. to, to, right something to you. think about. Good stuff. Thank you for emailing us. Don't forget that email address, feedback at com. Christopher Copping in Portland, Oregon said, way back in episode one, he means yesterday. Uh, you were talking with Tim Stevens about Android being baked into Volvo. Both you and Tim were excited about the prospects of LTE in each car as well, so you could basically bring the internet with you. As we all know, the internet of things is something every geek longs for in his or her lifetime. Uh, certainly a buzzword. You're right there, Chris. Is there a device or combination of devices into one that would make your ultimate internet of thing? Your, in- your ultimate internet of thing.
1: Right, and so I would say that that is uh, a Chromecast-like implementation in the car so that it's future-proof. Of course, this isn't you know, in any, any of the car manufacturers' best interest to do such a thing, but um, it would be cool because then it's the second screen experience. You do the right APIs so that it can be upgraded over time, and it can just basically take advantage of whatever hardware you happen to have in your pocket because you're more likely to upgrade your phone than your car.
0: Yes. Yeah, I I, I can't argue with that last statement at all. But I wonder if there's modularity that you could have in the car, right? In other words, it doesn't have to be your phone. Well,
1: you do. You do have modularity in that you get a two-din, you know, headset from Alpine or whoever, and you just pop it, you know, you pull your old, you know, one that came with your Toyota out, and you put in the new one.
0: Yeah, and I I think they could make that more user-friendly. In fact, there's a few Kickstarter projects out there that do just that. Uh, so I I do think that uh, I don't I, I don't know if the car I guess where I'm going I'm going back to his original question like what is the ultimate Internet of Thing Oh I don't know that I want that I know he says all the geeks want the Internet of Things I I guess it would be a protocol which sounds horribly boring I know but something that means I don't have to install kidding? anything What what but kind I'm, of a protocol is Well just just a Yeah, just, well, it could be lossy. It should be. Um, Does it have a checksum? What are the headers like? Something that has a checksum with headers, absolutely. But something that means that I don't have to think about it, right? Uh, and it should have a checksum with headers so that I know that oh, I don't have okay. to think about securing oh, it. Oh, you're right? saying,
1: so, so you're saying, like, the magical, you don't even know how it works, it just happens. Not every Not device I buy, and like, and like, obviously I have to
0: replace all my light switches and everything's at first, but it eventually becomes the standard. Everything I buy talks to everything else.
1: But you're just saying the protocol where you just, you take your giant cell phone, and you take your Google Glass, and you just kind of do this, and you don't even think about it. You're like, oh, I bought a new device. Let me touch it to my thing. And I don't even, even want do like to touch it. Why should I have to touch it? Okay. Just or, or, or whatever the mechanism is but what you want is the protocol that makes everything just kind of like, oh I'm Tom's friend I'm Tom's
0: device, let me work for Tom Yeah, and that's Tom's house and I've checked the checksum so I know it's Tom's house and I'll unlock the door because this is Tom fraught with peril don't get me wrong you, I, <laughs> I already hear it. the audience's mind worrying of all the ways it could go wrong I understand that oh. I want that to be fixed though so that it's secure and it works That's waiting for a cyberpunk novel. It is. Maybe that's what I should do. Uh, Well, no, that's a good email, Chris. Thanks, uh, Christopher. Thank you for writing in. Uh, One last one from Sebastian G. of The Merit Militia, who says, Regarding backwards compatibility, both Microsoft and Sony have ways to download games from their respective online stores. Would it really be that difficult to port and allow previous versions of games to be available for download? They did it with the original Xbox, and the Xbox 360, where the 360 was able to play original Xbox games, to me it seems like more of a way to get your money again, and not necessarily a compatibility issue. I don't. What do you think, Darren? Do you well, I mean, on obviously,
1: this one? well, there's a um, there's a processor architecture difference, so it would have to be ported, So there would have to be a monetary incentive to do such a thing. So I really guess it matters if the market is is. Um, requesting such a thing to make them think that there's some money to be made there for that. I'm not worried about it, because the thing is, if you wanted to play an Xbox 360 game, just grab your 360.
0: I mean, I think it's a non-feature, and I feel like the only reason that we're talking... If you want to play an Xbox 360 game, I suggest you buy an Xbox. You're going to be the next CEO of Zynga talking like that. No,
1: no. What I'm saying is, you bought, a, you already bought a 360 years ago. Are you kidding? That thing is so long in the tooth, and it'll be like 50 cents now, or not 50 cents, but you. Okay, I so know, like, you but know how- I
0: want to play my Xbox 360 game. On my okay. new Xbox that I just... Or do I? That's what Tim and I were talking about yesterday. So it doesn't seem like anybody's all that upset about
1: it. You do, because a better game than F-Zero has never been created. And that is the only reason to own a Super Nintendo Entertainment System. But if you've been to CES and walked down those weird aisles, you've seen like the hodgepodge device that accepts... You know, you can plug in a NES, SNES, or like Neo Geo or Game Gear game, and, and it just plays it. And it's like... You know eventually, all of those systems just kind of rolls into one and it just says plays every game you know um and it becomes really ridiculously inexpensive uh and by like- the time you get to the nostalgia feature or you actually want to play last year's game, it will become that cheap.
0: I feel like what Sebastian's getting at here uh and I, and I'm kind of with him is. Couldn't they okay, let let's say Sebastian's saying there probably isn't even a technical reason, which there may not be, but even if there was, they have these old games available in the Xbox One store. In many cases, not all cases, couldn't they have a deal where I put in my Xbox 360 disc, it can't play, but it says we recognize what it is and we're crediting it to your Xbox One account. Or I put it in my loyalty program. Right? I guess that's kind of what they were trying to do when they originally announced the one, and everybody freaked out about the restrictions on used games and all that sort of thing. So maybe they can't. Maybe it's not even a technical issue. It's the fact that the game makers, to allow Xbox to not do the used game restrictions, said, "Well, then you can't allow any backwards compatibility because we want to get all that money again."
1: Yeah, I think it, it comes down to dollars. It, it always, always does.
0: does. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, speaking of, well it has nothing to do with dollars. others, maybe it kind of does in a backwards sort of way, uh, about a third of you out there have been saying, hey, I don't see a feed for the video or I only see a feed for the audio. Uh, Daily Tech News Show, as I mentioned yesterday and today, is in laboratory phase. It's, it's alpha, it's beta, it's pre-alpha, whatever you want to call it, uh, and so... I don't think the video is good enough to be promoting it as a big RSS uh, feed. I'd make it available on YouTube, obviously, because that's just automatic. When you do the Hangout, it's there. People like to live. I want to have the chat room along with me, uh, so we do it on the Hangout when we can. Uh, In fact, we may not be able to always do it on a video Hangout. That's another reason not to have an RSS feed, because I don't want people promised something and not deliver on it. So eventually... When we, when I figured this all out and I've got my final version of it and I'm proud of the video, we will, we will definitely do an RSS feed. In the meantime, it's there on YouTube when I do it. It's going to be downloadable uh, through the website, dailytechnewsshow.com, when I do it. So apologies for that inconvenience. I just don't want to overpromise. I just
1: subscribed on YouTube slash Ace Detect. You can do Um, that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Then then you're going to get everything I do on YouTube, whether it's this show. Isn't that what most people want, though? No. <laughs> hey, it's Tom trying out playing with action figures. No, they don't want that.
1: I don't. You mean that your dolls? Work. Yeah,
0: my dolls. Don't call them dolls. They're figurines. Hey, let's. Uh, let's. Speaking of a doll, let's talk to Len Peralta. Len, uh, you, you've you got a pretty imposing quantum computer there.
2: <laughs> you know, I was listening to what you guys were talking about, quantum computers. Uh, it's all buzzes and words to me. So what I decided to do uh, for my image is create a character, very Modoc looking kind of very Marvel-esque. Uh, Quanto, the quantum computer, <laughs> who is going to destroy the world, break the chains of encryption, and uh, just come at you. So this is, uh, this is the image for today, Quanto, the quantum computer. Let's think of him as a mascot for uh, today's show, Quanto.
0: Mm. I feel like you've started a whole like comic book superhero
2: right there. <laughs> I know, or at least a bad guy or something.
0: I mean, or a villain, he is, yeah.
2: yeah. He's the
1: culmination of both ones, zeros, dead possibly dead cats, and possibly alive cats in his soul. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Whatever it is, that. it's imposing, and uh, I am completely confused. Literally, I thought you were speaking another language there, time when you were talking about the quantum computer. So. Well, okay, but uh, if I
0: try, let me try again, then because what I do want people to be able to understand it, uh, essentially, the quantum computer is really good at factoring numbers, but it's not very good at a lot of other things. But factoring numbers is what's making encryption possible, and therefore, it could be really efficient at cracking encryption. And that's the thing that makes it safe on the web. Does that
2: Yeah. Oh I, I mean yeah. I, I I think that makes sense. I mean it's just a big big number cruncher.
1: So yeah, they're maybe- like video cards. You know how video cards are really good at doing video? They happen to be pretty good at doing encryption, but you know what they're no good at doing? Your Excel or or whatever it is that you do otherwise on a computer.
2: Well, then maybe what quanto's really good at is uh, uh, destroying civilizations, burgeoning civilizations.
0: You know what, it's a little bit like the <laughs> or old freeing um, civilizations. It's, a, <laughs> it's, a, it's like <laughs> the old shampoo commercial, right? Like if I tell two friends and they tell two friends and so, and so, on, so on and so on and, and so, so on. on, qubits can tell two friends whereas classical bits can only tell one friend. <laughs> so it's the shampoo effect. That allows it to be able to crunch so
2: many Ooh, numbers. That sounds that sounds, like a, that sounds like a book, the Shampoo Effect.
0: The Shampoo Effect was the evil plan of Quanto, the quantum computer.
2: <laughs> that, <laughs> is, yeah, yeah, that, that is that's an entire series, like a you know like a sub series of his uh, of his backstory of the Shampoo Theory or the Shampoo Effect for yeah. Quanto.
0: And the Hack Five and the Hack Five formed together to stop Quanto.
1: All five of us. Yes. and the German.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, this is—I'm uh, kind of excited about this. This is a—you know—this uh, this could be the brand new uh, comic series that we all develop. It could be. This could be the big thing.
0: I love this it. This could it's, be the DTS. Really so you're going to make this available for folks, uh, especially in the audio. They're like, I want to see it. How they? Yes. How can they see it?
2: They can go to LenPeraltaStore.com. It'll be up there. Uh, immediately actually, probably right after this show I'll put it up there and you can uh, go and purchase it and uh, and you can see exactly who Quanto is meet Quanto if you will
0: <laughs> L-E-N P-E-R A-L-T-A Len Peralta store yes. dot com and of course uh, Darren Kitchen hack5.org H-A-K-5 H-A-
1: yeah that's the one where we're uh, doing more pineapples and drones and packet sniffing and oh, offline wow. archival of your data it's good stuff so Good stuff, check, check it, it out over at H-A-K, the number Good five, stuff, dot org. It
0: Every time you do that, it sends my own audio back. To me. <laughs> I think you have oh, me playing oh. in a tab or something. Ah, aha. That's weird. Okay, I will fix that for next, next time. All right, thank you, Darren. And uh, thank you, by the way, Merit Militia, uh, the folks out there who have just self-organized without any direction from me. In fact, I've resisted giving them any guidance. Sometimes they get a little frustrated with that. Uh, but they, they have been awesome at supporting the show and spreading the word, and I just want to thank every single person in that little group out there because you are awesome, uh, and you really helped cheer me up at some times when I needed it. So thank you, folks. Thank you, guys. Uh, don't forget, you can have a voice in the stories we cover at our subreddit, dailytechnewsshow.reddit.com. That's the place to go to see what other people are submitting as well. You heard a few of them today. You can email us. Our our email address is feedback at dailytechnewsshow.com. And, of course, the website has the way to subscribe as well as other links and things like that, dailytechnewsshow.com. We'll be back on Monday. Now, Lamar Wilson is going to be my guest. He's coming to us from Las Vegas. He'll be at CES. So, we're going to try the Google Hangout. If he can't get enough bandwidth, we're just going to have him on the phone. Uh, And I'll still put a video up, but it'll be mostly just an audio only show. So, just fair warning about that. We'll see you on Monday. Have a great weekend, everybody.